Okay, so good morning and welcome to the eight. Happy New Year. Um, thank God for bringing us out of 2022 safely and in peace. And we ask for a great 2023 coming up. Um, so we are right in the middle of our five-part series titled Dream Big. Week one, we talked about getting ready to dream. We asked some questions about who I am, where am I in life, and what do I want? And through those questions, we were able to kind of start getting ready to dream. Last week, we talked about setting absurd expectations, not just taking our dreams and, and putting limitations on them, but to set absurd expectations and just leaving the door open for God to work on what our dreams are. Today, I wanna talk about clearing the path. So what are we clearing the path of? I want us to identify things in our life called limiting beliefs. What are limiting beliefs? Limiting beliefs are things we've been told and have chosen to believe about ourselves based on past experiences, others' warnings, and our worst fears. These are what limiting beliefs are. Unfortunately, we take these beliefs and we make them like truth, like hard rock truth in our lives. And they, they can become limitations, and in some very extreme cases, they hold us hostage and cripple us from moving towards our um, dreams. So you have these beliefs that you've been told over the years. I have them. Maybe whether they were told to you directly or indirectly. They say stuff to us like, you're not smart enough, you're not attractive enough, your your time has passed these beliefs tell us these lies that we start believing over the years as especially as things as more years pass and things don't happen the way we want them to happen but i want you to know that limiting beliefs are not conjured up by you okay they come from years of comparing ourselves and believing what someone else has told us so a teacher or a coach or uh, a parent, or one of my pet peeves, the covers of magazines. Like, we compare ourselves to what we see on a magazine and it's not even reality, it's not even true. I remember the first time that I ever found out about Photoshop and the fact that the front of a magazine is not true. I remember we were sitting, I was standing in the checkout line with my mom and I said, how come, or how, I can't remember the exact words, but it was something along the lines of, like, how can't I have a body like, like that? And my mom looked at me and she said, that's not real. And I was like, what do you mean that's not real? I mean, it's a picture. And then that's how I learned that it's like, it's an altered picture, it's not reality. And unfortunately, our girls grow up, and even, even guys, they grow up and they see these magazines of how an unrealistic body looks, and then they grow up having these self-conscious thoughts and beliefs about their own bodies. So over the years, we have these limiting beliefs that we take in from around us, and they hinder us and affect us, um, even though we may not feel like they do. So a lot of these beliefs hold us hostage, and they can cripple us from moving forward, like I said. Has anybody heard of something called the Stockholm Syndrome? Okay, so for those of you who haven't heard, 
The Stockholm Syndrome is a psychological um, phenomenon where a person develops affection for someone who has taken them hostage. So this horrible thing that's happened to them, now uh, as a coping mechanism, they've, they, they start feeling affection towards that person. We start feeling affection towards some of these things in our life that are holding us hostage. And we don't, because it's, it's been embedded in the way that we think or the way that we are growing up, we become, we become subject to what these thoughts are telling us. So it doesn't have to happen this dramatic, like being kidnapped. It can be as simple as breaking, uh, breaking free from a cycle of a bad relationship or a friendship, someone who brings you down and you just can't get out of that relationship. Breaking the cycle of an addiction. You know you have this addiction. You know what triggers this addiction, but you just can't stop. I have another one that's a little bit more benign, but it's still the same thing. What about those? We, we all have those in our, in our life. Checking your phone obsessively on vacation because you're so scared that you're going to miss a work email. These are all things that hold us hostage in our life because we're afraid to miss out or we're afraid that we're going to lose out on that promotion or we're, we're afraid that we're going to lose out on that um, whatever it is. I want us to look at past experiences, define those limiting beliefs in my personal life, bring them to the light so that we can push them aside. I want us to silence those old voices so that we can um, make room for new voices to help push us forward towards our big dreams. So limiting beliefs take a lot of shapes and forms, but I want to focus on two today. So the two that I want to focus on are generational and fear. So first generational, and I did take his permission to talk about this. So my dad, me and my dad have a very, very close relationship and we're like the same person. So whatever I'm saying today, I'm really talking about myself. So just, I have to put that out there. Um, unfortunately, my dad grew up in a, in a, in a time where culturally our parents do their best on what they know and, and our grandparents do their best on, on how they know to raise their children. Unfortunately, culturally, he, just, he was never told that he was good enough. In fact, he would be told that he wasn't good enough and that he was never going to do anything in his life. And my dad is a very strong personality. Some people might say difficult. Again, I am the same person, so I can say that. Um, and so he was not only getting it at home, but he was getting it at school too, that the teachers were just, he's always in trouble. I don't know if they didn't have detention back there, but back then, but whenever, whatever it was that you would be in trouble, he was in trouble all the time. And they would always tell him, you're not good, you're not, you're bad, you're not good, you're bad. So like he only got all of these things in his head that he is bad and you know, some people might take this and have a low self-esteem. My dad kind of went the opposite, and he became a perfectionist. He determined to prove everyone wrong. So he can never do anything half-heartedly to the point where he would rather not do something if he, d if he knew that he couldn't do it 100%, which is, is not a good thing either. You know, he keeps himself from doing things because... If he can't do it 100%, he won't do it. 
because we're so close, me seeing his perfection and me seeing that everything had to, had to be 100% all the time, no matter what, it gave me this sense where that's what, that's how it has to be all the time. So I am this perfectionist where nothing is ever good enough. It, and it was indirect. It's not like he told me the same things, but it was indirect from always being with him and always seeing how he reacted to things in life. And so I took on that from what I saw, that's how life is. I have to be perfect. Everything has to be perfect. Everything. Ha this is generational. He took it from his family and I took it from him. And I pray to God I don't pass it on to my daughter. But it's generational. These limiting beliefs are generational. We have to come to understand cycling behaviors because our current failures are often an echo of our past ones. So it's a cycle. If you're, if you're right now feeling low or things aren't working, stop and try to figure out what those cycles are. Are you in a cycle right now? What is the cycle? What is the trigger? Where is it coming from? While we're talking about parents, this might be a little off topic, but I'm taking advantage. We give our kids limited beliefs about God. When you tell your child God is going to be upset from you or you're making God upset, you, put, you give an image to God that's incorrect. Okay, God is not up there with an angry face looking to send lightning down. And we give this image to our kids. And then kids grow up thinking God did this to me or this is happening because God is doing this to me. God doesn't do anything bad. And so when we put this angry definition on God, we're giving a, a limited belief to our kids. We also put God in human boxes. Like, so when I tell, when I tell my kids, God is gonna punish you, or God doesn't like what you're doing. Yes, of course God doesn't like it, but God is not like a, like a human parent that's there to punish. So then I start putting God in a human box. And then, and then when our kids grow up, they can't understand why God is taking so long or why God is not answering. He's not on our time. He's not a human being. So please be careful about putting those limited beliefs when it comes to God. Just side note and I hope I'm not overstepping but it's just things that I hear and being in the Sunday school class ideas that kids say about God and it's not truth but because they hear it from a parent or they hear it from a Sunday school teacher then it becomes their truth and these are limiting beliefs okay the second shape that limiting beliefs take is fear Okay, and I'm talking about he fear here that comes from anxiety. Okay, so another story. My sister is trying to teach her, her, her daughter, my niece, to look both ways before you cross the road. So she takes every opportunity. My sister takes every opportunity to teach a lesson. Okay, so they're riding down the road one day, and she, my, my niece saw a dead... I don't know what it was, an opossum or something on the side of the road. And my sister tells her, 
yep, that's what happens when you don't look both ways and cross the street. <laughs> so, <laughs> so this is, this is like, it was, was my niece scared? Absolutely. Is she going to look both ways before the, she crosses the street? Absolutely. So there are simple fears that are embedded in us that help protect us or that we hear about as we're growing up. But then there are those other fears that become crippling. And those fears, a lot of the times, not all the times, but a lot of the times, they come from anxiety. And the difference between fear and anxiety, a fear is when you are afraid of a danger, a real, real life danger. Anxiety is when you have these unrealistic, nonstop thoughts about something that might be something that might happen. And this anxiety, this constantly thinking about what can go wrong or what can be a fear, then eventually becomes true fear, becomes crippling fear. So I am a naturally anxious person. I, I do have anxiety to an extent. And my father of confession at the time, um, Father Luke, um, he, he, God rest his soul, he is the one that told me about this verse. And because anxiety was such a big part in my life at that time, this just became my life verse. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication. It doesn't say be anxious for nothing except dot, dot, dot. It says be anxious for nothing, for nothing. There is nothing you can tell me that I'm gonna tell you, yes, you have the right to be anxious about that. No, be anxious for nothing. But in everything by prayer and supplication, when you feel that anxiety bubbling up, put it to prayer immediately. With thanksgiving, thank him before he even answers you. Put it out there, put your request to God, and then thank him because he's hearing you and he will resolve it. So. But in everything with prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, a peace that we will not understand. You will, you will say that prayer and it will be a big, huge deal. Like you feel like your world is falling apart and you'll have this peace that comes over you. Like, what is this peace? How can I feel so peaceful when I feel like the world is falling apart around me? The peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your heart and mind through Christ Jesus. Will it completely wash away what you're going through? No, maybe not. But you will at least have that peace that will guard your heart and your mind from that anxiety that you're going through. So before your anxieties even become a fear, think of this verse. Pray, say, ask God, to come and to guard your heart against that fear. Another thing that we can do to help us with our fear is sometimes when we're in it, when we're just in the thick of life, we feel like whatever we're anxious about is like the only thing in the world. Like it's so magnified and it's so big. But if we magnify God instead, then all of a sudden your fears or your anxieties or your problems become smaller. That's what a magnifying glass does. When you hold a magnifying glass to something, it magnifies what you're looking at and everything else around it becomes smaller. 
So I want you in those moments to magnify God, to go into his word, to look into his promises, magnify him, and then see how everything, everything else around you is going to become smaller. Fears don't really get fully conquered. They are just understood and given less power. So your problems might not be solved overnight. Your anxiety might not be gone overnight. Your fears might still be there, but you have the power to give them less power by magnifying God. So I don't want us to be hostages of these limiting beliefs that we have. Okay, so we said in the beginning, you have these limiting beliefs, I have these limiting beliefs. Now, what do we do with them? How do we move forward? I want you to ask yourself this. What do I do with the life that I currently have right now and what do I need to change, okay? There are three things that I'm gonna challenge you to do in order for us to break through these limiting beliefs. Number one is I want you to engage in life. I want you to engage in life. I want you to look at, if you're, if you're waiting for a big ambition to happen, you cannot stop your life because you're waiting for that ambition to happen. I want you to engage in little ambitions that are gonna help get you there. Enjoy life step by step and don't let your, you being bogged down by starting something or following your dreams completely stop your life. I'm sure most of you have heard the saying, if you love what you do, you'll never work a day in your life. I'm so grateful to God to be standing here and telling you that I am living that life, that when you love what you're doing, you don't even feel like it's work. So here's where I'm going to tell you where the series is coming from. and where, So this, this series is based on a book called Dream Big by Bob Goff. And after I graduated from college, I spent four years trying to get into medical school. Various, just doing everything I can. Shadowing, taking the MCAT five million times, doing everything that I needed to do, and it just wasn't happening. It was not happening. It was happening for everybody else around me except for me, and it was not happening. I was doing everything I was supposed to do, for four years, I'm not talking about a semester or two semesters, I'm talking about four years of trying. And I literally stop my life and I say, we're not gonna do this because what if I get into medical school? Or I'm not gonna do this because what if, I, and literally like stop my life. Then the pandemic happens and I start getting all these emails that applications are postponed and people can't get to you because they don't know what's happening with the world and all of this stuff. Then my final denial letter comes, and I'm like, okay, I can't do this anymore. I'm miserable. The pandemic is happening. So many people are dying. So many things are happening. I can't do this anymore. I have to just step back, and it's time for me to see what are my passions in life? What, what, is, the, what is the purpose of me wanting to go to medical school in the first place? And then let's just start fresh. And then my mom gifts me this book, Dream Big. And he talks about engaging in life and how life is not about working 
And life is not about having one career that you just work until your fingers are blue and then you retire at the end of your life. That's not what life is about. And I'm just like, whoa. Like, this is what I thought it was, that I'm going to go to medical school, I'm going to work, and I'm going to retire, and that's it. But that's not what life is about. And he says this. He says, most people pick their careers and backfill their lives with any spaces left over. Why not pick your life and backfill your career? So then I'm like, whoa. So what do I want my life to look like? I, I don't know if you guys have heard me before say, but I love antiquing. Me and my dad, we've been antiquing together since I could walk. And so it's a passion of mine. And I was watching all of these people on YouTube buying and flipping their buys on eBay and you know Facebook market and all this stuff. And I'm like, I can do that. I really can do that. Like, let me just do something to boost my confidence after failure, after failure, after failure. And then I just started doing it. Like, that's what my life is going to be. Then all of a sudden, those, like, my very close family and friends know that I was so anti-kids. Like, so when I, and I didn't tell anybody that I started having these feelings that God was telling me that you need to have a baby. And, And then I just all of a sudden come and say, I'm pregnant. And they're like, what in the world? Like, it was like, And all I could say was God works in mysterious ways. I I don't know. I don't know. But what I did was I stopped. I opened the door for God and I said, this is what I want my life to be. But there was one part that was missing, one final part that was missing about what I wanted my life to be. I really wanted my life to be a life of service. And that's, I thought medical school was going to be it for me to serve others through medicine. And... God knew my heart, and he knew that I wanted to just serve with my life. And then while I was pregnant with Chloe, Abuna asks me if I would be the secretary of St. Mark. And my mind is blown. Like, my mind is blown. That I'm going from this very dark spot of not knowing what I'm going to do, and I'm just failing and failing and failing, to the moment that I let go, and I said... I'm just going to live my life. I'm going to be engaging in my life and open it up to God. And there's no way I could have planned how my life is right now. There is no, there's no way that I could have planned for my dreams to take me to where I am. And, and I'm someone who wants to do it all. There's like a whole bunch of other dreams that I, but I know where God has brought me from and I know what he can do. So that long-winded story was to say, engage in your life. Don't just make it all about work and getting to retirement. Be engaging in your life. Do the passions that God has put on your heart. Number two, be a quitter. I want you to be a quitter. The way to start something new is by quitting something else, okay? We try to squeeze 30 hours and 24 hours. Like, we try to do so much. We don't want to disappoint anybody by saying no. We want to do it all, and then 
we get sick, we get tired, we, we can't even enjoy ourselves because we want to just go, go, go. I challenge you to look at your calendar once a week, once a month if you have to, to start off. And decide that you're going to cancel one thing. Take one thing out. What needs to be cut from your life? Make a list of what your priorities are. What are your top three priorities? Are you getting to those priorities? Are you wholeheartedly taking care of those priorities? If the answer is no, then what needs to be cut? What needs to be cut out of your schedule? Is it a habit? Is it a person? Is it a job? Is it an activity? What is it that needs to be cut? Learn to say no in the first place so that you don't even have to get rid of anything on the calendar, okay? So how to say no? I have five ways of how to say no. First, know when to say no. If it's not life-altering and you're not going to die or the other person is not going to die and you're not just doing it out of guilt, then just say no. Okay? So just ask yourself, is this a life-altering decision? If it's not, then just say no. Number two, learn to say no nicely. This is what in the book he says, Give people your no in such an affirming way, they'll be honored to get it. Like, don't beat around the bush. Just say no nicely. Say it in such a, a confident way that they would, they would be honored to get that no from you. There's nothing wrong with that. And by the way, I'm learning all of this stuff, okay? I, I'm right there with you. Say no immediately. Don't, if it's a no, just say no, okay? And the next two points will, if it's a no, just say no immediately. This is something that we have to practice. Initially, we'll be like, let me check my calendar, let me check with my spouse, that's my go-to. Let me check with my, you know, my husband because I don't want to say no right away. Just say no right away. Don't say, I'll pray about it. Please, pray about everything. But if you already know that it's a no, and if it's not a, a life-altering decision, like, of course, if it's a life-altering decision, I want you to pray about it. But if you're saying, I'll pray about it as a cop-out, this is not a cop-out. Exactly. It's a postpone. It's not a cop-out. Don't say, I'll pray about it. And don't say, maybe later. Maybe later it might not come. You might forget about it, but that person might not forget about it and be like, they said maybe later. But don't say maybe later. If it's an immediate no, just say no. Okay? It sounds so simple when we see it on a list like this, but it's not simple, especially if you're like me and you want to do it all and you don't want to disappoint anybody and you don't want to make somebody feel like you went to their party but you're not going to someone else's party. Just say no. If you can't and it's going to get in the way, just say no. You know what you need to say no to. 
You might need to only go to two parties on Saturday instead of three. Like, these parents that tell me they have four birthdays in one day, like, God be with you. Like, I just don't know. Like, that's just too much. It's too much. Okay, so, number one, engage in life. Number two, be a quitter. Number three, find launching beliefs. So we now know that we have limiting beliefs that get in the way. I want you to find stuff that are called launching beliefs, okay? I'm very fortunate that I have parents that never treated us like we were babies. Like, we never had that relationship of I'm the parent and you're the child. Like, we never had that. So even when my parents would make huge life decisions, they would include me and my sister as if we were, well, we were part of the family. They literally made us feel like we value your opinion. Whether it was true or not, that's how they made us feel. And it empowered us to be independent and to feel like our decision or our voice mattered. Maybe you didn't grow up this way and maybe you don't have parents that gave you launching beliefs like this. There are several ways that you can find your own launching beliefs through a friend through a book, through a spiritual father. I can tell you, I can stand, I can't tell you the whole story, but I can stand here and tell you one of those launching beliefs that my dad had to carry him through those years of limiting beliefs was his spiritual father. He had a very close spiritual father to the point where he still talks to him weekly until today. And that spiritual father, like, breathed life into him and encouraged him and pushed him and was there to guide him. Find someone that will breathe launching beliefs into you. You, you need to find those launching beliefs. You can go out and find them. We, we have, there's this movement now where you see on Facebook, um, small business, National Small Business Day, or support small businesses. Encourage each other. Give each other launching beliefs. When you see someone who is trying to do something, encourage them. Blow wind in their sail instead of just watching from the sidelines. Be a support for that person because just as powerful as those limiting beliefs are, it can be so much more powerful when we get launching beliefs from each other. Okay, I'm going to leave you with this. For the first time in my life, I got this sty in my eye. For those of you who didn't notice, or if you noticed and didn't say anything today, thank you. But it is so annoying, and it hurts, and it just has like... This, I have like this pressure in my eye. It's so annoying. You can't see it, and it's something so small in such a sensitive area, but it causes so much pain and so much pressure, and that's what these limiting beliefs do. I, you're not walking around with a sign on your face that this is what your limiting beliefs are. I don't know what they are, but they can cause so much pressure and so much pain inside of you if you just leave them fester and get bigger. Don't think that it's something so small that you just need to ignore. It's something that we need to identify. There are beliefs that we need to identify. They could be hindering you from moving towards your big dreams. So I want us to practice this week to sit with ourselves, 
to think about what those limiting beliefs are, whether it was something that happened during childhood or later on or now. What are those limiting beliefs? Bring them to the light so that we can turn them into launching beliefs so that we can continue moving towards our dreams. Let's stand up to pray. Yes, please. Okay. Yes, okay, I agree. He said he doesn't like be a quitter, so we can rename it to be organized or something else. Just so somebody else doesn't read it and say, oh, okay, I'm just going to quit. But we're not quitting. We're, we're working on um, making our dreams a reality. Thank you. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, oh God, amen. We thank you, O oh Lord, so much for bringing us to this day, to a new year, to a fresh start, we ask for you to come and be with us, to keep us safe, to guide us in this new year. Reveal to us what our, what our purpose here is. Reveal to us the dreams that you have for us. We thank you for the experiences that we've had in our lives, good and bad. We thank you for the people in our lives that have poured into us because these are the things that shape us and these are the things that make us who we are today. We ask that you please help us be able to identify these limiting beliefs in our lives so that we could bring them to the light and to move past them. We ask that you continue to guide each and every one of us. We ask you to keep pushing us towards our dreams so that we can fulfill the purposes that you have for us. We ask all these things through the intercession of St. Mary, St. Moses the Strong, St. Mark, St. John the Baptist, and all your saints, hear us as we pray together. Thankfully, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. And forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. In Christ Jesus our Lord, for thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever. Amen. In the name of the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. Amen.